welcome along to Inner West Stories, where I'll be chatting with people from within our church community about how God is working in and through us. I'm Rachel Das. I've got David Bell with me here now, and we're going to hear his story of recovering from mental illness. Dave, it's really great to have you. Thank you for being open to sharing your story now. No worries, Rachel. Good to be with you. It'd be about five years ago now that this journey of depression and psychosis all began. Do you want to tell me a bit about the start? Yeah, so it was a pretty, it was, everything all happened in a, in a short space of time. There was about a week where I, I didn't really get any sleep and I started having some weird thoughts and feelings um, about just things going on around me and uh, yeah things just kind of snowballed and escalated quickly from there I eventually saw a counselor and then but things didn't get better and I and I ended up in hospital at the Royal Melbourne in the emergency department there I was having some pretty strong delusional thoughts and things escalated where I started hearing voices and some, some of them were people I, voices of people I knew and some was more of like a commentary about things that I was doing. Things at the hospital were, it was pretty crazy actually. They, <laughs> the police were involved at one point because I ran out of the hospital and um, they kind of assumed that I was on drugs and so they actually handcuffed me outside the front of the, the hospital and took me in the hospital for questioning. I sort of... It's a bit shocked at that, but um, I sort of answered their questions and they sort of restrained me at the same time as well in, in sort of like a hospital chair, I suppose it was. That was quite um, distressing, but yeah, eventually I was put in a, I guess, a hospital bed and sort of observing me and various doctors and nursing staff would asked me questions and things at various points in time and just to see what was going on, I suppose. Um, and eventually I was given a diagnosis of psychosis and um, they were able to rule out that it was any kind of organic cause in, in that it wasn't like a brain injury or there wasn't some sort of meningitis or anything like that. It was what they call non-organic psychosis. And yeah, so I, I was in Royal Melbourne for a few days and then I got transferred to Footscray Hospital. Uh, I was in a youth um, mental health ward and I was there for the better part of six six weeks on and off and returned home and after that and tried to kind of get back to some level of normality, which took a long time. David, just for my understanding and maybe anyone else out there, who needs to know how how would you define psychosis yeah so psychosis it consists broadly of what's called positive and negative symptoms the positive symptoms classically are hallucinations so experiencing sensations that aren't there hearing voices um, those kinds of things delusions fixed false beliefs could be about anything and also uh, the last positive symptom is disorganized or slow speech. And there's also negative symptoms, which is, which are sort of lethargy, lack of concentration, not getting enjoyment out of things, not looking after your personal care and things like that. I experienced a bit of all of these at various times and sometimes 
there were more positive symptoms than the negative symptoms. And then sometimes it seemed like the negative symptoms were taking over once the positive symptoms died down. It's all a bit challenging to, to work out what's what exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are there some key events or some, some moments in your journey that really stood out to you or, or impacted you? One thing I look back on um, and is really imprinted in my mind is that there was a stage where I was at Footscray Hospital and it seemed like a very a dark place spiritually and I was trying to kind of get to grips with a few things and I was still trying to kind of pray and read my Bible a bit and um, I just felt like there was a lot of opposition coming from within that place. So as part of that, and before I had to go back to the hospital on one day, my missional community came over and just anointed me with oil and prayed over me. And that was a really powerful moment where just the fact that I knew that there were people praying for me and people who were interceding on my behalf, knowing that I was perceiving this kind of darkness from this place that I didn't want to go back to in the hospital that was something that really stayed with me and really kept me going especially as um, I was on periods of leave at various stages from the hospital so I could go back home and try and do some normal things but that really helped me when I had to go back to the hospital knowing that there were people behind me and people that were as I say interceding for me what were you feeling at the time? What was what was going on for you there? Yeah, there's a, a range of emotions that go on. Most of them are just some really base emotions of just being scared and being confused about what was going on. I like to describe the experience of psychosis as being a bit like a waking nightmare. Like it's hard to distinguish what's going on, like whether it's reality, whether it's not. And I guess I had really strong feelings of distrust for basically everyone that was around me, including my loved ones, and which was, I think, hard for them and and also hard for me as well because I didn't, I, I really didn't know who to trust even though, you know, my family was with me at the time and Saski was there and, you know, explaining to the doctors things that I couldn't explain for myself. And even that relationship, I, I found it hard to, yeah, to, I guess to trust her in that, in that time because, um, yeah, the prevailing sense that you get is that you, you can't trust anyone's motives. And... What was it like being surrounded by people who were probably in a, in a similar place or a worse place or a better place, however you want to describe it? I don't know. What was it like? You know, when you're in the hospital scenarios with people who were who were going through a similar thing? It was difficult because on one level I was kind of just like them. I was having similar kinds of experiences or, I mean, people are in mental healthcare wards for various reasons, of course, and including psychosis, but also for other things as well. I found it very hard to connect with people. And so there were things like I would go to the odd um, group session that they were running at the at the healthcare ward, and I I guess I struggled with it because I thought I don't belong here. Why am I here? <laughs> I can't understand 
why I have to do this. It did make me, on the long run, once I was out of the was out of the ward a bit, um, much more understanding of of people who are in that situation, obviously, and a lot more empathetic towards people with mental health problems and people that you would just come across the street and maybe try and avoid. Just knowing that, yeah, I was in that kind of position myself in some respect, and uh, you know, I was I was lucky in that I was able to get help. I guess I I did make some connections when I had my second hospitalization in September of 2017, and was actually able to have a bit of a chat with some people there, and and you know ask them what they're going through and why they were there and you know what's going on for them. But that was when the psychosis wasn't wasn't present. Um, it was my second hospitalization was for depression that came after the psychosis. So I was in a bit more of a of a clear headspace to think about a few things and have clearer thoughts and things like that, which made it easier to connect with people. How long has it taken to come out of this? Like there was a psychosis initially and that led into depression. How long was it sort of for that to start lifting off? Yeah, depression's a funny thing. It, it hung around for a long time in one form or another. The depression was really bad and probably just as challenging practically as the psychosis in the sort of the second half of 2017 in that Saskia couldn't look after me and yeah I was kind of a bit of a danger to myself so and then I was it got better once I started taking antidepressants but it still hung around for quite a long time it's only in the last kind of couple of years that I um, have really felt like my thinking and my I guess my mood and my everything that goes along with that has gotten better. One of the things about psychosis and post-psychosis depression is that it affects it affects your brain in a lot of different ways in the ways that you in, are able to think and concentrate and talk and just have a have normal conversation with someone. Sometimes that's really challenging. So, yeah, it's really... It, it really lasted probably a good few years where I didn't feel like I was myself. I didn't feel like my functioning was anywhere near what it could have been or what it was before I had the, the bout of psychosis. Yeah. Pretty, pretty big, pretty big adjustment. Um, you've told me a bit about how your relationship with God and your identity changed through all of this and I'd love to hear some more about that. Yeah, so looking back on it, I think there are a few things. I was able to really hold on to the fact that God knows me and God loves me and that kind of sounds trivial in some respect, but when that is the thing that you're holding on to for the most dearly, then that is that means a lot and it can get you through a lot. It's only through that experience that God's character became real to me, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. And it was only through that level of suffering that I think, yeah, the love of God, just feeling the love of God and knowing that he cares for you and he knows us intimately and he cares for us deeply. Um, it was those kind of truths about God and his character that I was able to hold on to throughout that time. and. Those are the things that, yeah, I continue to 
think about and to base my identity on and not in the things that I'm able to do and not in what I'm able to think about or do or the work that I'm able to do or the conversations that I'm able to have, even though those have gotten a lot better over time. I think through that experience, just knowing that God God knows us and it's, and it's a wonderful thing to be known. And those are the things that I continue to try and come back to, uh, particularly when things get harder and more challenging at various times, that those are the truths that I want to base my identity on and not the fleeting things or the things that are changeable in this life. It's so encouraging, David. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Is there anything just coming to an end that you particularly want people to know or that you want to add? I guess it might be helpful to consider how to care for people who you know, are going through some sort of mental health crisis or mental health. The thing that I valued above anything else was when people were disabled to spend time with me. And it's such a simple thing, but that was something that I really valued um, at the time and also in retrospect. And there wasn't any particular right words to say. Sometimes the right thing was to say nothing at all and just to be be still together. And um, I really valued when people were able to roll with the punches as well and kind of take the ups and the downs and not be too too perturbed by that because there are various stages where I you know, had to go lie down or I was really fatigued or I couldn't think and I couldn't contribute to conversation. So just being with someone is a very, and being able to spend time with someone is a very powerful thing that shouldn't be taken for granted. David, thank you so much for going back through some of your story, through some of your history and, and sharing that. I feel very honoured to hear your story. I'll just um, pray for you and then we can wrap things up. Thanks, God, Rachel. I want to thank you, God, for David. Thank you for his openness and sharing his story, for what you've shown him through this journey and just ask that he would continue growing in his awareness and experience of your nearness and your love and just as I've listened and as others listen with us, may we be open to what you're saying through Dave's story. And I ask that you'd open our eyes and our hearts to love those around us, whatever they're going through. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Rachel. Really, really appreciate it. No worries. Good to share. And I'm, I'm really happy to speak about this more with anyone who's interested about it and yeah, it's one of those things that the more the more you talk about, the less of a hold these experiences can have on you because it's actually freeing to be able to talk about it openly and to discuss it with with people. I think that's a really valuable thing as well. And the more that we're able to share experiences and be able to talk openly about mental ill health, I think the more encouraged we'll be by one another and the more we will be able to, to encourage each other in, in our own journeys. That is so, so good and really yeah, practical takeaways as well there. So I will let your words be the closing there. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs>